What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders. From ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities, CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome to Chip Chat an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name's Allison Klein. Today we're coming to you uh, from the SDN NFV World Congress in The Hague, and I am delighted to be joined by Prayson Pate, CTO of Edge Cloud at Adva Optical Networking, and Valario Martini, EMEA Lead Field Architect for Dell Technologies. Welcome to the show, guys. Good morning. Thank you. Hey, Alice. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. I'm very happy to be here. Um, Prayson, since you've been on the show many times, why don't we start with you and just have uh, you introduce yourself and your role at Adva Optical and talk about um, Adva's place within the networking arena. Sure. A lot, a lot of people may know Adva from the optical side of the business or the carrier Ethernet side, but I am on the software and virtualization group. And what we're doing is helping bring the vision of cloud to the telco network. And we're doing that by delivery of our ensemble suite of software, which includes both our connector runtime as well as our ensemble orchestrator and ensemble virtualization director that provide MANO or management and orchestration functions. And what we're doing is working with our partners like Dell to provide an open hosting platform. And the initial applications are now being driven by what's called Universal CPE for delivery of managed SD-WAN and firewall. But we're now seeing a very interesting set of applications that are opened up by this open platform. And specifically, IoT is getting a lot of traction. So people are starting with today's services, SD-WAN and firewall, and then using that as a platform for innovation. Now, Valerio, um, Dell, obviously um, a growing presence in the um, comm service provider industry as a, you know, as a cloud uh, provider in terms of infrastructure. Tell me what you do at Dell and how it relates to the collaboration with Adva. Yeah, absolutely. So let me introduce myself. I'm in, in Dell for about a year and I'm leading the technical community for Europe. Uh, let me follow the same street for praise in here. So Dell is uh, you know, famous for the service side and uh, we are growing our networking business. In this case, you know, uh, Prazen is spot on. We deliver an open networking uh, platform, the VAP. And the VAP is, you know, a, a, a real total white box. And we work uh, for the hardware and for the software with Adva is being, you know, one of the main uh, um, partners for us. And to deliver a really uh, a decoupled edge mm-hmm. for the next transformation. Now, let's take a step back. Preston, you said some important things about what's going on with UCPE. We've been talking about UCPE on on ChipChat for a few years now, and the leading application for this was SD-WAN, and and, uh, customers looking for an SD-WAN implementation that was more flexible. But we've always known that there was a multi-network function opportunity uh, for a UCPA uh, device, and you talked about some of the leading examples of... um, software that are are appealing to customers how has adva approached this 
opportunity in terms of the software that you've delivered? You know, and that's a that's a really good question. And, and your your point about going back to the beginning and is is really relevant. When the operator started this journey of NFV, their vision was to achieve the benefits of the cloud in the telecom network. They wanted openness. They wanted a multi-vendor system. They wanted to be able to use scalable deployments. They wanted variable licensing with things like pay-as-you-go and try-before-you-buy. But then for a long time, we got stuck. We got stuck because the VNFs were not high enough performance and were too expensive. We got stuck because the servers were not appropriate. We got stuck because there was not the open hosting platform that was ruggedized and operationalized for deployment. And and we got stuck because there wasn't a compelling application. Now that's changed. Now with the advent of sophisticated servers like the Dell VEP, which are optimized for deployment in the network with the VNFs being performance optimized and the licensing working, with software like our connector that delivers an open platform but is but but has the features that carriers want. And then finally a compelling application, SD WAN and firewall. That unblocked everything and started these deployments. And then everybody remembered why they went down this path to begin with. It was so that they could have an open platform and deliver today's services, but then do innovations. And we, we mentioned IoT, but there's many others like AI and ML, uh, running customer applications on the same platform. And that had all been forgotten for a while because everybody was wrapped around the axles of making it work and making it cost in. But now that those problems have been solved, everybody's remembering that this is a great platform. This is a great way to move forward and modernize the network. Now, Valerio, obviously lots of experience in delivering cloud capabilities to customers. How has Dell approached this particular opportunity in terms of delivering a solution that can scale with the types of workloads that Preston is talking about, but give a cost-effective um, platform foundation? Yeah, absolutely. Good question. So the, how Dell uh, foresee the development of the edge, right? So we think that the edge is a fundamental part of the transformation, and in particular the network transformation. What we are trying to do is to let's say, unleash the potential of the edge, trying to give the full freedom to the customer and the partner to dev- to develop and deliver whatever they want to build. We are not proposing canned solution, and this is probably the way we see in the last few years. That's the bumpy road, the reason why we are so late in this. We decouple completely the hardware and the software. We work with the ecosystem. We give the, the, uh, the customer and the partner the ability to create the building block. We don't lock in we don't change their operational mode this is the way we see to you know to to speed up that that adoption now person in an ensemble environment obviously there's been a lot of traction for sd-wan and and firewall uh, vnfs what other applications are you seeing um that customers are interested in and does your environment allow a customer to choose which um, applications to run within that environment. So let's start with the second question first. So yes, we are open and not only open in terms of being able to run whatever you want, but it's a system where our customers can, and our customers are typically telcos and sometimes large enterprises, they can onboard their own VNFs and they can also onboard their own applications running in a VM. So we talked about things like IoT, which you could consider to be a VNF, but there's other applications like they want to have a store in a box. Uh, or a branch in a box, it's sometimes called, and they want to run their own 
applications in a micro cloud environment. That's just running in a standard VM, and we enable that. We enable our customers to onboard whatever VNFs they want from any any vendor, but also their own applications. That's one thing that our our operator customers have started to realize is that they can take the applications they've been running in their network and put them out at the edge to give them additional surveillance or additional features they can offer or services or or whatever. And then adding on to that, there's there's interesting applications of combining this edge compute. And by the way, I agree wholeheartedly with what Valeria said. We think the edge is incredibly important in this new communications infrastructure, not only for the applications we've been talking about, but for things like 5G. 5G is fundamentally built on a software basis. It's disaggregated to allow functions to be distributed where they need to go so that if you have applications like virtual reality where you need to have compute pushed way out to the edge to provide low latency compute power, you can host that. So it's not only the the basic applications that we've talked about of SD-WAN, firewall, uh, migrating to IoT and ML, but the whole array of things we're not even thinking about now that can be created once you have an open innovation platform. Now, Valerio, what is the process by which Dell and Ava work together um, on this solution and um, worked with other members of the industry like Intel to deliver an open industry standard platform? Absolutely. So good question. So we we uh, build the, the device based on our expertise and what we think that the customer might need at the edge. Uh, we don't limit to that, right? We open up to the world, to the partner, and we customize our platform. It's a very flexible platform. It's x86 platform ba- uh, uh, built with, uh, you know, uh, off-the-shelf uh, elements. But we don't dictate anything. So we are able to customize for a bare metal. We are able to customize for a virtualization edge. And we don't dictate what we put on top. So we give the full... Um, uh, freedom to the customer. What we do with uh, a certain partner, the most important, like Adva, is that we QA and certify the, the running environment. But above that level, we don't dictate anything. We don't say anything. So we have also VNF running at that level, but we go back to the virtualization element. So let me add to that. One of the, uh, Valerio made a very important point, and I mentioned that in the past we were wrapped around the axles of of cost and, and functionality. Well, we're, we're past that now. And it, it's much more about how you actually roll this out. And, and Dell is providing some very important capabilities. That is, they can take these these servers that can be customized according to what the user needs in terms of number of, of cores and memory and SSD, pre-populate it with software, and then deliver it as a package to the end user. So if you look at an operator, they could have servers delivered directly to an end user without ever having to hit their warehouse pre-populated with the appropriate software. And if you think about how that speeds up service delivery, that has tremendous value. Mm-hmm. That's a really great point. Now, Prayson, you've been on the show a few times. We've been talking about uh, the evolution of UCPE and the delivery of these edge services uh, for a while. Where do you think we are in this uh, journey with customers? And where do you see customers going as they start understanding the value of these edge services? Well, it, it has been a, a very, very long time, too, too long for, for many of us, but it is now happening. And what we're seeing is, is a real explosion in the, the operators deploying this. And they're starting to move forward for all the reasons that I mentioned in terms of the, the technology is now mature enough with the operational features, 
but also there's two other big drivers that are that are pushing them. One of them is that they are seeing competitive pressure. If you have a service that is dynamic where you can deliver to a customer a service turned up, say, overnight with the use of LTE at a node, that is a tremendous advance from where we are today with telecom services that take 90 days to turn up. So if your competitor is able to offer these dynamic services and you can't, that is tremendous pressure for you to move forward. The other thing that we're seeing is that is really, really interesting is that end users are starting to ask for virtualized services. I used to say, what do end users care about NFE? And my answer was that they don't. Mm -hmm. They care about the services that are enabled by NFE. That's not true anymore. Now sophisticated s customers are asking for services that are virtualized because they know that if a service is based on appliances, that changing an appliance, changing a service means changing the appliance. We recently had a, a big win with our partner IBM where the customer was a large international enterprise deployed in 56 countries, and they specifically specified a virtualized environment because otherwise every service change would mean changing equipment in 56 right. countries, and that's just no longer acceptable. That makes a lot of sense. Sounds great, guys. The progress has been tremendous. Um, one final question for you both. Uh, Valerio, if folks want to find out more about Dell network infrastructure and um, the specific VEP that you're delivering into the edge, where should they go for more information? Well, the Dell.com is definitely the, the first starting point. You can find all the information, spec sheet, data sheet, and deployment guide for the networking, for the VEP, and for the uh, bigger community of Dell. And Preston, um, for Adva, um, where can folks find out about Ensemble? At adva.com under network virtualization, or they can go to preysonpate.com and read my blogs about what we're doing in the industry. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the program today, guys. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, thank Alison. Thank you. Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. Today we're coming to you from the SDN NFE World Congress at The Hague, and I am delighted to have two guests with me, Harshal Kolti, Senior Product Manager at Affirm Networks, and Ignacio Garcia Carrillo, Strategic Business Development Director at HPE. Welcome to the program, guys. Thank you. Harshal, why don't we start with you? Uh, can you introduce Affirm Networks to the audience? I know that Many members of uh, your organization have been on the program before, but it's always nice for a refresher. And your role at the company. Um, sure. Um, my name is Harsha Kakodi. Uh, I work as the senior product manager uh, at Affirm Networks. Um, so um, my role in the company is um, NFEI product manager. So I'm um, responsible for uh, the NFEI layer for all our products. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and I've been in Affirm Networks uh, for a while now, um, starting with uh, Affirm uh, uh, evangelizing the uh, virtualization uh, platform and then eventually riding it and you know, dominating the virtualization part of the NFEI and the uh, 4G networks, right? And excited to look forward to what 5G holds for us um, uh, in the space. Fantastic. 
And Ignacio, can you give a, a background on your uh, role at HPE and how that relates to uh, HPE's engagement in the networking arena? Sure. So I'm Ignacio Arcarillo, business development leader worldwide for HPE on Telco. What I do, what my team does actually is bringing knowledge on telco infrastructure to our sales teams so that we can position our products better with the customers. Then we bring in return feedback from the customers to drive the direction the, of the product so they fit better uh, the telco space. We do all the revenue and margin reporting, which is the boring side of things. But basically what HP is trying to do is deliver the best infrastructure for the telcos through knowledge of the real problems of telcos. Fantastic. Now today's topic is the transformation of 5G networks and um, really getting into what is the capability required in the core network um, to transform to 5G. What is 5G requ requiring um, of network infrastructure that may be different from its 4G uh, predecessors? Um, Harsha, you talked a little bit about uh, the interest in seeing what 5G offers. Why don't you provide um, a background on what the requirements are for 5G infrastructure um, as we look at the new capabilities that 5G is bringing to the network? Um, with the 5G, we're talking about a lot of these exciting new technologies like um, AR, VR, um, 3D video, and you know connected cars. And then there is this whole cross-section of um, uh, local breakout services that we need to enable, right? So on, um, if you have to distill this into like a high-level requirements, it would be something like enhanced mobile broadband to all the uh, consumers, mm -hmm. and then it would be ultra-reliable, low-latency for uh, devices. And then the third would be something like a massive machine-type communication, right? Those are the three things that it would be distilled into. And how we achieve this uh, is going to be something that, you know, really differentiates one solution from the other. Ignacio, what, when you look at the underlying infrastructure requirements of what Harsha just uh, described, what comes to mind in terms of the core capabilities of the infrastructure and, and what HPE is delivering to market? So for HPE, uh, 5G is all about two main things, okay? So it's uh, disaggregation. The basic definition of 5G involves uh, or, or is being designed as a way to disaggregate, finally, hardware from software at all levels, including, finally, the extreme edge, okay? Uh, which means that there are opportunities for hardware vendors to bring solutions in this space. That's the reason for the interest of HP. And also, the other big thing is about massive distribution. So there's a change of paradigm. 5G is not simply a continuation of 4G. It aims to transform the whole industry with penetration of devices everywhere. And that means distribution of uh, compute capabilities everywhere. Uh, which is obviously of interest for HP as a way to uh, deliver a lot of uh, compute capability through the network. Now, Harsha, we, we talked about um, the variety of services and, and the, the core capabilities that customers are looking at for 5G. 
How has Affirm dealt with that in terms of the software that you're delivering um, to fuel 5G networks? And, you know, you talked about moving from, you know, delivering the virtualization of the platform into more of a cloud native NFEI environment. Can you talk about that? Yeah, surely. Um, the one of the um, Affirm networks has this uh, long history of, like, virtualization, right? So uh, when we move towards the 5G kind of a solution, the virtualization is a must. I think that's given, and that we know that, right? And uh, the one thing that differentiates the products from um, on a 5G perspective is whether they're truly cloud native in their architecture or they are able to deliver this microservices kind of architecture, right? Um, the f there are four tenants that would probably um, sum what would really be required to make the differentiation. The first one is the virtualization thing, right? Um, the second one is like what we call this innovative kind of networks in which we we are able to deliver a particular solution very fast um, uh, and w in a kind of agile kind of a way instead of this slow waterfall kind of a model, which uh, from your background in data compute, uh, you know data center compute, you know that this is something that constantly this over the top um, providers deliver, like uh, instead of uh, taking months and uh, years to deliver this, they're talking about days and weeks. Mm -hmm. um, that's something that this this kind of architecture helps us do that. And this is what is gonna help a service provider compete with an over the top, um, um, over the top uh, providers, right? Um, and the second one is the automatic networks in which you can orchestrate these networks using Kubernetes and Helm um, uh, kind of a, a technologies so that there is zero touch from human uh, human aspect, right? So you don't need to, someone needs, don't have to be monitoring these networks and uh, uh, you know, uh, delivering a certain service. It has to be all automatic based on the demand and we create and destroy to in, in order to achieve this ca uh, ca CapEx and OPEX kind of numbers, right? And the next one is to achieve all these, we need a sort of um, uh, zero downtime kind of thing. We need to achieve all this and deliver all these new services without zero uh, impact to the end user, mm -hmm. right? So in which what we call is non-stop networks in order to achieve um, six nines uh, capabilities for a network. So these are some of the things that uh, are core to achieve the differentiation in your 5G solution. Ignacio, it sounds like um, Hasha is just describing a cloud native platform, but he's also describing one that is going to require a ton of performance. How has HPE um, been able to deliver this? So HP has been working with partners like Affirmed uh, continuously to improve the performance because it's a source of differentiation and better customer experience. And our take on this one is not all hardware is born equal, okay? Uh, all the black legend about commoditization is something, of hardware is something we don't believe because actually then we get the calls from the customers complaining that the solution doesn't perform. So our take is we choose the best components, we set them up, in particular reference architectures that we call blueprints, so that they perform, they deliver, they um, serve the customers uh, with high availability, 24-7, 5.9, 7.9, etc. 
that kind of work has been the focus of uh, the HPE telco infrastructure team for the last five, six years. Um, and we basically work with our vendors like Intel to select the best components to deliver that experience for, for our uh, software ecosystem partners. Now, I know as, as you've looked at the 5G core network and, and seen, you know, requirements of, you know, 100 gigabyte, gigabits per second per CPU socket going to 200 gigabits per second, you've looked at some of um, our um, network acceleration solutions as well as, you know, our baseline Xeon scalable processors. How do you see those work hand in hand to deliver that type of capability? So, um we have been testing DPDK uh, performance, NIC performance for the last six years or even more. Okay, we have seen continuous improvement there. But in the last three, four years, we have seen all the buzz around acceleration technologies of different kinds. Now, there is a particular issue with those technologies, which is that they provide functionalities that have to be used by the uh, software vendors. So they provide extra functionality on top of the basic hardware, and then the vendors have to code some uh, functionalities into their VNFs that make use of those extra features. Sure. Okay, so um, there's been a l great deal of investigation there, some niche use cases, but now we're seeing finally some of those solutions emerge as serious candidates for more massive deployments, for more mature uses, like, like the ones we're testing with Intel and a frame through the N3000 car, for example. And Harsha, how has it been in terms of the in integration of the FPGA um, pack or programmable acceleration card in terms of that additional coding required that Ignacio just talked about? Um, so the way to deliver this solution is, I want to take one step back trying to explain what the solution really required for. So in terms of um, this uh, 5G uh, space, um, the specification requirement is such that a particular user is uh, user data l supposed to land on a one particular line card, which is different from um, our traditional data center kind of a models where you could have a user land on a different server and ser uh, different server at a given time and based on a certain HTTP connection serve them, right? The, the problem is a little bit different and more complicated in the, the 5G space because of which the way you deliver the solution is um, you need to have higher line cards, like 100 gig uh, line cards uh, that you talked about. And even when you deliver that particular uh, user session on that particular line card, uh, the next level is to find the exact core on which the user data is located, right? Mm -hmm. So the base on the, these two levels of abstraction that you need, um, this Intel acceleration, um, the programmable acceleration card that we have um, has this smart RSS kind of a technology which helps us to go beyond the traditional five-tuple kind of a lookup, right? Um, so you're actually looking into this GTPU here, uh, one level because of the cache optimization and all the other good stuff that happens in the smart NIC, right? Um, so once we do this, what it eliminates is we need certain, co in traditionally we would need certain cores allocated only for 
transmit and receive kind of uh, things where they are not doing useful work, but actually just finding the right core um, to find where the user session management is located, right? Um, because of which, um, when you when you have this kind of a load balancing smart RSS kind of technology, it eliminates those requirements for those cores. So which in turn uh, helps us um, use those cores to perform more useful operations, right? Which is uh, for a service provider or the end user, right? So like a DPI, um, video um, adaptation rate and stuff like that. So the different application that user and the service provider really cares, which can be used in those codes. And then this, like Ignacio was talking about, drives the uh, performance uh, to higher and it's able to almost achieve close to the line rates that we're talking about right now. Fantastic. Now, Ignacio, when you're talking to customers about their um, uh, upcoming deployments of uh, networking infrastructure to fuel 5G, where do you think we are with the customer base now? And what does 2020 offer in terms of opportunities for 5G? So 5G until today has been kind of a relatively little experiment. Mm -hmm. We're beginning to see the first hints of actual deployments in certain regions. Uh, that's one. Um, still a long way to go until we see massive deployments in most big countries, but certainly certain regions will have deployments many regions will have deployments for enterprise use cases where our customers begin to experiment in production environments serving enterprise customers with kind of private LTE solutions but on 5g things okay and uh, those will give our customers the opportunity to experiment the deployment the delivery the operation of those environments there's also going to be a lot of focus on, on the edge side of things. There's, there's a huge amount of discussion, a huge amount of testing there, uh, and different kinds of functionalities being deployed there, mostly related to connectivity, but also some of the fancy use cases are beginning to be taken a look into. Um, so a lot of work, definitely. I don't expect 5G to explode on our mass market user phones tomorrow it's going to take a few years but definitely uh, for the vendors a lot of work ahead in terms of deployment in the next two three four years definitely particularly on the edge i think that's going to be next year's big thing and harsha when you look at what affirm networks is delivering in terms of your core capabilities what are the things that are you most excited about and seeing in the upcoming year and how you have uh, delivered software capabilities uh, to fuel that transformation? Um, the one of the things that uh, differentiates uh, when Ignacio says it's not ready, I, I uh, really uh, don't agree with that right now. Well, the only reason I would say is for, for, for 5G capabilities, there are two uh, kind of tracks, right? So the one is the 5G NSA, um, and then there's a 5G SA kind of a model. In 5G SA is where we actually have, uh, we use this, um, this server, the off-the-shelf hardware capabilities that we have, um, they can be used to deliver the 5G capabilities right now. So based on these three requirements that I talked about initially, uh, if you have to provide this enhanced mobile 
broadband kind of capabilities on the network, and you want to leverage this uh, CUPS architecture, right? Uh, basically, user plane and uh, uh, control plane separation of the traffic, and you want to deliver these uh, as, as soon as possible right now. Um, we have the capability right now to uh, for uh, the service providers to um, deploy this solution on their existing off-the-shelf hardware. Right? Um, so based on the requirement, they can go ahead and deploy the solution right away and uh, get the benefits. Right? But if you want true um, that Ignacio was talking about where you need a new radio and you need new set of... Um, um, the ultra-reliable low latency and then maybe massive machine-type communication kind of thing where it's a total transformation network. Uh, at that point, we do need um, some more capabilities, uh, especially because of the f new 5G radio, right? Um, some of our customers have been trying this solution out. They're more mature in the sense that they've already deployed the 5G NSA and now they're moving towards 5G SA. So that's the solution which is coming soon and we are all in trials and Pretty soon, uh, we're going to have some exciting announcements coming out. So looking forward to that one. I can't wait to hear about it. The The best thing about this industry is that um, some of the most interesting innovation is being driven. You, you know, you talked to Ignacio about uh, the delivery of edge capabilities, uh, the move to 5G. Can't wait to find out exactly how this rolls out. Would love to have you gentlemen back next year to hear about more in terms of the the progress that the industry has made and how Affirmed and HPE have been at the forefront of its delivery. One final question for both of you. Um, where can folks find out about the solutions that you're delivering in this arena and connect with your respective teams? Ignacio, why don't you go first? So uh, in, in the case of HP, we have on our website a section for, for telcos. Uh, I know our corporate customers don't look at those things, so the best option would be to call my team. Uh, basically, we have representatives through the regions uh, directly link with us or link through our sales teams in order to get the HPE vision of, of 5G, definitely. Fantastic. And Harsha, how about for you? For it's, uh, the best place to start would be our uh, website, uh, affirmnetworks.com, and then there are a lot of our product description and uh, exciting uh, news about our performance and blogs and stuff, all the exciting stuff. Uh, but if you're visiting the show here, uh, we would we'd love to have you stop by by our booth and then we'd be happy to look at what you guys want. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being on the program today. Right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. We're coming to you live from SDN NFE World Congress in The Hague, and I'm delighted to be joined by Meiji Chang, General Manager of QNAP Systems. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, and I'm glad to be here. So QNAP, I think this is the first time that you've been on Chip Chat. Why don't you start, Meiji, just talking about QNAP and, and the role that you play in the networking arena? Okay, QNAP uh, actually, we uh uh, we started from designing uh, network attached storage, and we sell under QNAP brand name uh, over the world. Our solution uh, help businesses to protect their data, 
and do backup and also uh, analyze the data. So uh, uh, actually, uh, over the world, there are many uh, Soho, small and medium business and enterprise use our uh, solution to protect their data. Now and I know yeah. that today's episode is talking about edge transformation and what we're delivering together um, to provide new capabilities for customers. Can you talk about what you're demonstrating here at SDN NFE World Congress this week? Yeah. So uh, we uh, this week we actually we announced the, our new uh, Sera-based QCP, which is a uh, uh, design with uh, Intel Xeon D processors and. Uh, uh, the solution actually is a hardware and software solution, including uh, also SD1 functions and also a uh, built-in video surveillance software. And uh, so uh, we also uh, integrate a lot of uh, Intel software inside, like OpenMilo, OpenNAS, and QAT and DPDK. Very nice. Now, um, you mentioned a lot of things that I'd like to ask you questions about in that statement. Um, let's start with Sarah. Tell me about what Sarah is in terms of a, a reference architecture and what part of the market is it uh, aiming to help okay. drive innovation? I think the Sarah is a very uh, innovative concept for, uh, for our customer to adopt in age architecture to layer infrastructure, especially for like a retail branch store. So uh, for Sarah, actually, uh, um, it's a cloud native UCP platform. And uh, it offer a very good uh, network access to uh, to internet, especially for the 5G era. And also it allow user to run uh, multiple workloads on single servers. I think it's very important for our customers because uh, this uh, by adopting Sarah <coughs> QCP to the edge, <coughs> this enable our customer, uh, you know, low latency and uh, more secure data protection and also lower to uh, cost of total ownership. Very nice. Now you talked very nice. Now you talked about the ability to um, provide UCPE functions, SD-WAN SD functions, but also integrate software for video sur surveillance for IoT at the edge. Um, talk about what type of customers would benefit from that um, uh, confluence of different uh, services and um, where are you seeing interest uh, okay. for that technology? So uh, from our previous uh, 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 um, you know uh, our previous experience for um, doing uh, to provide this solution to our customers. Uh, normally, they uh, they need a H because right now the retail solution is totally different. They are also doing like a digital transformation, mm -hmm. so they need a very good edge uh, servers to protecting their uh, transaction data. But not only this they also need to do like uh, um, digital signage mm -hmm. and also they need to do digital surveillance right. as well and also they would like to use uh, ai technology to analyze their customers or to do a uh, fraud detection sure. so uh, this uh, <coughs> qcp edge server actually can do offline and uh, which uh, not only protecting their data <coughs> communication with the cloud server, mm -hmm. but 
but also do uh, enable the AI technology. This is very transformative in terms of what is being used today in a retail environment and where you're going with the cloud-based um, solution that can be managed remotely but provide those core capabilities in the store. Yeah, it's very important. Um, tell me about the response from customers on this. Yeah, uh, we are engaging with uh, <coughs> multiple uh, retail stores and they are very uh, excited and look <coughs> and very happy about this uh, total solution. Because uh, if you have uh, many servers in, in a site, which is uh, very difficult to manage and mm -hmm. uh, maintain. That makes a lot of sense. Um, you mentioned that you're working with um, the ZND processor, but also have tapped into OpenNest and OpenVINO software. Um, why is open source development so important for a solution like this? Yeah, uh, I think because uh, uh, open QNF uh, actually we use uh, open source in the in the beginning, mm -hmm. and we saw the industrial is uh, because of adopting open source and the, the technology uh, was uh, is going uh, forward so quickly, and uh, we are very happy uh, to use uh, Intel OpenS and this kind of open source software to uh, to speed up the design, mm -hmm. and which make us we can more focus on. Uh, doing application to satisfy our customers' application needs. Now, your solution is called QCPE. Yeah. Um, and where are we in terms of QCPE delivery in the market? I know you're demoing it this week in The Hague, but where are we with um, getting it ready for customer adoption? Yeah, I think uh, 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 you can go to our website, www.qnet.com, and check uh, for update, more update information there. Okay, super. Now, Meiji, uh, QNAP obviously is delivering more than uh, QCPE to the marketplace. What is the, the range of solutions that QNAP is delivering, and how are you um, prioritizing uh, your investment in innovation within the company? Yeah, I think uh, 5G uh, is the most, uh, important, most, most important trend for every business. Uh, and enterprise and uh, every company is doing digital transformation because uh, um, the future business will be totally different when the 5G era is coming and uh, the most important for every business is uh, they need a very uh, reliable flexible infrastructure and currently we are actually we are doing uh, to, uh, doing design for this directions. We hope we can uh, work with Intel to deliver more uh, reliable, flexible, scalable infrastructure solutions to our customers. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, it's a very exciting development in terms of really delivering a, f a full platform for edge service delivery. And um, you know, providing that cloud management obviously is offering an incredible um, value for the customer base. I can't wait to hear more as you guys progress with the solution. Yeah, thank you. Thanks yeah. for being on today. Yeah, thank you.
Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. We're coming to you live from SDN NFV World Congress in The Hague. And I'm very delighted to be joined by Vincent Seat, Head of Enterprise Architecture for Globe Telecom. Welcome, Vincent. Hi. Good morning. So this is the first time Globe Telecom has been on the show, and we're delighted to have you here, Vincent. Um, why don't you introduce Globe Telecom for those in the audience that are not familiar with the company? Certainly. Uh, so we are tier one operator in the Philippines. So there are two operators over there. And uh, our subscriber, mobile subscribers is about uh, over 80 million as of now. And uh, we provide mobile services, um, fixed line services such as broadband, telephony, and even enterprise uh, business services as well. That's fantastic. I know that you're here um, engaging at the show talking about uh, what Global Telecom is delivering. If you look at where you are with the transformation of networks to virtualized alternatives, do you think that um, the industry has fully delivered on the promise of NFE? And, and how is Globe Telecom looking at this technology as you modernize your net networks? Well, def definitely not, because NFE has been defined since 2012, I believe, right? We're already seven years into the making, and I don't think any operator in the world can claim that they have successfully done that already. Many of us are still on the journey, and we are at different phases of the journey. For Globe, fortunately, we are just starting. As I said, fortunately, because we have seen many uh, tier one operators elsewhere in the world trying to do that in the past five years or so, seven years. And then um, from our observation, it seems like, you know, they are spending a lot of resources to actually crack, you know, um, around NFV to get the maximum benefit out of it. So we are fortunate that, you know, we are taking in all these learnings such that we can better uh, orchestrate our next steps moving forward. What is the benefit of this transition? transformation from a standpoint of Globe Telecom and what does it offer your customer base? Well, I don't think from a, the customer point of view they will see a big change because they're only seeing the services right from their point of view. But from a cost structure point of view, definitely it's going to change dramatically because we are able to uh, diversify the investment mm -hmm. uh, and there's greater uh, synergy of pulling the different infrastructure resources together mm -hmm. such that we can actually negotiate for a better price from one of our vendors. And that's how we can actually reduce the cost internally. And then, of course, with the savings, we can translate into better uh, services to our customers eventually. Now, I know that cost efficiency is one primary driver, but there's also the benefit of the management and orchestration of network services within a virtualized environment. How do you view that? Um, from a maturity point of view? Mm -hmm. So. In terms of orchestration, um, that is pretty much driven by the standardized um, specification by XC. Um, that has already been implemented by many NEPs out there. I would say the orchestration piece seems to be working so far, but I think um, greater issues lies around the orchestration. So there is this uh, piece around the virtual infrastructure manager and also uh, SDN controller. Uh, for these two functional components, I think the XC didn't really quite define how these two functions should be interworking together. Uh, and that gives rise to many different interpretation by the vendors in the industry, which reduced, uh, which resulted into a lot of integration problems. Yeah. Now, you talked about your over 80 million mobile customers, but I know that you have a number of enterprise customers as well, yes. and that you're working with Amdocs um, to drive new innovation for your enterprise customers. Tell me about why this is a bit different than how you'd service your consumer base. Well, I think um, for the most part of our 
history, we have been focusing a lot on the consumer experience out there. We have been trying to provide self-service uh, experience to our consumer, even omni-channel experience to the consumer. But we have actually neglected our enterprise customer who, in a way, are consumer in their own right. So that's why we are now actively looking into how can we provide consumer-like experiences to them as well, meaning empowering them with self-service capabilities such that they no longer always have to um, interact with their account managers. But that That is definitely more impo um, Im very important still, but then that can be reserved for more strategic conversations. So other areas where they can do their own uh, self-service, that would be great. And it will help to actually reduce the customer costs as mm -hmm. well. Yep. Um, do you see a lot of traction for UCPE or SD-WAN implementations with these customers? Uh, definitely. So uh, with a UCPE, we can put in a lot of functions uh, on there, thereby reducing the footprint as well that's needed at the customer premises. Uh, SD-WAN SD is definitely important because a lot of our customers are actually operating in multiple countries. That's why they need the worldwide connectivity. And being able to orchestrate that seamlessly across the world is very important to our business operation. Now, obviously, you're in the Hague talking to the providers of network infrastructure and, and uh, network function software. What are you seeing at the show so far that's exciting you in terms of the industry's progress towards some of those challenges that you talked about earlier? Yeah. Well, the show has not really started technically. We are still in the pre-conference day. But I think based on the first two hours so far, to me, what is very encouraging is the session happening in Mississippi Room, where a gathering of the different standard development bodies are there, trying to uh, find opportunities where they can collaborate with one another. I think that's very important because a lot of this SDO, they are actually working in their own verticals mm -hmm. and then they don't really uh, so-called go into the space of the others just to be diplomatically correct. But I think venues like this will give them the opportunity to come together to collectively look at what are the gaps that they have not been able to address while they were doing their own standards definition in their own uh, areas. So I think it's a very good start to begin with. Now it's interesting, you talked earlier about the fact that NFE was created um, in about 2012 in terms of the, the standards and specifications. Fast forward seven years, many have made progress, but you're right, no no provider that I can think of is 100% virtualized. Um, at Intel, we, we think about this as the, the second generation of NFEI uh, delivery. What advantage does that give Globe Telecom in terms of learning from um, some of the challenges of first mover providers and um, taking advantage of the additional efficiency or, or, or advancement of the technology? Well, uh, we draw experiences from their implementation. So I mentioned earlier on, on the integration complexity. Um, I think most of the uh, first mover operators, they started with vertical stacks. So many instances of NFVI were being built over the last few years. And then they were trying to slowly um, so open up that's that stack to create horizontal layers across uh, NFVI such that they can reduce the overall cost, of course, I mean, living up to the promise and to be able to orchestrate the VNFs uh, seamlessly. But I think from what we are seeing, it's still quite difficult to get to that state. A lot of um, this is due to the fact that there's a, a lot of tight integration between the different components. And for example, I was earlier on sharing with my panelists that um, there are three myths that I believe that is driving this. So the first one is, uh, it seems like the VIM and the hypervisor always, always must come as a pair, meaning it has to be provided by the same um, vendor. And then um, the SDN controller can only manage the switches from the same provider. That's the second myth. 
And then um, given that, you know, uh, I mentioned that XE has not really defined the delineation between the VIM and the SDN controller, uh, that gives rise to a lot of uh, interpretation by the industry. And that results into tight in integration. It seems like the VIM and the SDN controller has to be from the same vendor. If you tie these three meals together, you go back to the vertical step. Right. <laughs> so you have no way to break this uh, right. continuum, if, you, if I can say it correctly. Right. So, you, so we need some um, additional in investment in driving to true interoperability across yes. the MMs yes. and underlying infrastructure. That's right. And, and that may be a premium that the uh, first mover operators may afford to pay. Because they have a huge uh, internal team that is working on this um, to actually customize mm -hmm. the different layers and also to do integration with the vendors. But for smaller, uh, smaller telco like Globe, uh, relative to them, I think we do not have that luxury. That's why we have to depend a lot on our SIs to, yeah. do, to work on that. Yeah. It's interesting that you say this, Vincent, because I come from the um, data center background. And if you look at the history of virtualization and data centers, same challenge and same challenge point of VM interoperability within a, a heterogeneous environment. So um, seems like we keep coming back to the same challenges within um, virtualization. When you look forward, and you know, we talked about the history of NFEI, where would you like Globe Telecom to be in two years in terms of um, advancement with this technology? And what would you like to see from the industry? So for Globe, right, um, we're actually working on a unified cloud infrastructure initiative. So in this initiative, we are trying to actually uh, pull together diff the different infrastructure resources within the different groups of Globe, like from the network team, the IT team, and even the enterprise business team. Uh, we will build this common cloud infrastructure for them, and then we will manage the different workloads from um, these different groups. And we hope that by within two years' time, we will have this operational and start, sh start to see the benefits coming out from this infrastructure. Um, as an industry, uh, as I mentioned earlier on, I really want the SDO bodies to come together, mm -hmm. right, to work together to define uh, what are the gaps that they are seeing today in this space and to actually fill those gaps properly with the right APIs, best practices and all that. For vendors, I think, they need to get out of their comfort zone. Um, the vendors have to really see that, uh, that being able to fully open up their solution to be interoperable with any other solutions from any vendors is actually an advantage to them, right. not as a threat. Because I think a lot of them, they are still trying to maintain their stronghold in a particular market mm -hmm. and they are only forming strategic alliances with some of their partners to go together and sell a, I wouldn't say a truly open horizontal stack, but a pre-verified stack to the customers. And then, of course, for operators, what can we do? Uh, I'm sure a lot of us have heard about the common telco, sorry, common NFVI telco task force that was being formed recently, uh, sponsored by Linux Foundation Networking and GSME. I think the operators must come together so that we can um, make our, law, our voice loud enough to the vendor community to really understand what we want and how can we progress the NFVI maturity. Sounds like good challenges ahead. Yes, that's right. Thank you so much for being on the program today, Vincent. It's been Thank a pleasure. Um, we would love to have you back on Chip Chat as Globe Telecom makes progress in this arena and learns from your own trials of uh, adoption and bring those learnings back to the show. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you.
Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. I'm Allison Klein, and today we're coming to you from SDN NFE World Congress in The Hague. I'm delighted to be joined by two gentlemen from Red Hat. The first is Hanan Garcia, a Telco Solutions Manager at Red Hat. Welcome to the program. Thank you. And the second is Reza Maktari, yes. Global Telco Alliance Executive at Red Hat. Welcome to the program, guys. Thanks. Um, the topic today is uh, about a new solution configuration that Intel and Red Hat worked on together, and we'll get into the details on that, but why don't you go ahead and first introduce yourselves and your roles at Red Hat. Reza, why don't you go first? Yeah, so thanks uh, Thanks for having us. I'm Reza Mokhtari, uh, Alliance Lead, the Global Alliance Lead working with Intel, uh, primarily focusing on Telco Alliance. Uh, well, Hanan Garcia, um, Telco Solution Manager at Red Hat, uh, working with partners and, uh, and customer trying to bring solutions to the market. Now, today is a really important day because um, Red Hat and Intel have been working on a virtual central office uh, solution configuration for a long time, and we've announced it, um, its delivery at SDN NFE World Congress, and we'll get into the details of how that's been announced and by whom. Um, but Hanan, can you just give us a background on what we were trying to accomplish with this solution? Certainly. Well, uh, one of the things that uh, we have been come with uh, NFV infrastructure and, and, and uh, the virtualization uh, of, the, of the network function uh, along is the complexity that's, uh, um, that has been introduced on the systems. Um, and this is what we are basically want is, is tackling uh, with worldwide technology by delivering this solution. Um, and as well, without uh, losing the flexibility, once again, on having a common platform for multiple uh, BNF or virtual network functions on the platform. This is basically what we uh, are bringing uh, to, the, to the table. Of course, uh, the virtual central office, uh, we have been working on that for a while now, uh, since uh, 2017, to be honest, uh, where we work at the, um, together with the OPNFE uh, community uh, around that. We already have worked multiple use cases. Uh, we did a proof of concept back in Beijing 2017, showing the uh, residential use case with VNGs and uh, SD1 for the enterprise. Last year in Amsterdam, um, we, we showcased the virtualized mobile network. And this is actually that we are bringing now to the market together with worldwide technology and other partners as, uh, as that was announced uh, this morning. Now, Reza, we have an Intel Select solution together and have had for a while for NFEI. This NFEI forwarding platform is the, the newest leap ahead um, in terms of our broader NFEI work. What was the drive to create an additional solution in this case? Well, we obviously, Intel lead, technology lead in the, in the space is obviously quite significant. It's very important to Red Hat. Intel has gone through a, a journey of, uh, you know, a number of generation of Intel Select mm -hmm. that they, uh, they, this is obviously the Intel forwarding platform in the third generation that we are aligning with. We've mm -hmm. been from the beginning. Uh, using the uh, Intel Select uh, framework basically uh, as an umbrella program mm -hmm. that we have had our, you know, uh, OpenStack uh, under that. Recently, we, we are actually working on our OpenShift being actually launched under the NFEI uh, overall Intel Select program. 
So the, the importance of it is the third generation of Intel Select, obviously the separation of user plane and control plane, which is quite significant in how you actually ultimately build your network. And it's, it's very important to Red Hat to be part of that. Sure. Now, you mentioned um, WWT, and this, the delivery model for this select solution is quite interesting. Hanan, tell us about who's engaged here and what roles they're playing in terms of delivery of network solutions in the marketplace. Well, uh, as, as I say, we, we have been working with worldwide technology on this uh, for, for a moment now. Um, Today's, let's put it, this is the fruition of, of that collaboration uh, that was announced uh, this morning. Uh, we have built a platform uh, from the ground up uh, using a component from uh, from Edge Core, from HPE, uh, following the, the Intel um, Select Solutions on NFVI. Um, to that, we have, of course, integrated the, uh, the Red Hat OpenStack platform uh, to be the, uh, the common platform for the, for the BNF. And we are bringing... Uh, both component, we are bringing the radio component, a virtualized radio component with Altiostar, and we are bringing as well um, the uh, EPC, the Evolved Packet Core component, with Affirm. And um, the SGI LAN is, is brought by F uh, F5 networks. So basically, it's a complete end-to-end -end, uh, integration that we have done, a work, uh, integration work that we have done. And there is many things happening in there, uh, meaning we have, of course, some functions that are uh, running out of the of the core network uh, in the in, in the in the central data center, and we have uh, bring towards uh, the main component that required on the central office to provide, for example, for a radio. So having the decomposition on the radio access network, uh, when we have the uh, virtual um, central unit in the central office running from the central office comp uh, controlling several antennas. And we have as well components from the packet core that we're bringing from the data center to the central office to be able to deliver service locally. Uh, and this is, of course, a thanks to the to the fact that there is this control and, and user plane separation that we can do that. Mm -hmm. And now, with all of these just functions running on a, an end-to-end -end solution, is the way you describe it, what is the operator response been to this configuration in the marketplace? Well. We have been since since as, as I said we have been working on this for a, for a while now and the fact that we decide to go from a, a community project into a commercial um, uh, release let's put it that way is on uh, trying to respond to a, um, a pull from uh, from from the market so we know that and especially on the mobile side we know that 5G is coming. Uh, is here actually, and there are already deployments that need to be done. Uh, there is a lot of energy that has been put it into virtualizing the radio access network. Central offices are just sitting in the middle mm -hmm. of that. So they have to be options for service providers to virtualize the central office. And this is actually what we are bringing to the market. Very nice. Now, Reza, I know that well, this is almost a beginning. We've been working on this for a long time, but now it's out in the limelight. What are the companies doing together uh, to take this forward, and what can we expect in terms of engagement with service providers and others in the industry um, to utilize this uh, reference design that we've built together 
um, to spur additional innovation and adoption in the marketplace. So as uh, Hanan was mentioning, obviously, uh, worldwide technology has been engaged by really in two, two roles in this. One is the system integrator role, but more importantly, to take the solution to the market and, and launch it, which, is, which happened now this week mm-hmm. um, at the SDNNFE World Con- Congress. And essentially, this is the second generation of central office solution which is uh, it's going to provide the means of, as the edge network is being built, it's going to provide all the scalability required to support getting the, uh, the computing and networking capabilities closer to the, where, to the end user where the traffic and the, uh, is being generated. So, so essentially, um, this is the stepping stone now to the next generation of it, which is the really all cloud-native containerized version of it which is coming ahead of us. We are just in the beginning part of that journey now. So, um, and the first foundation is being set for to be demonstrated uh, coming up in, uh, in November at KubeCon. So. Um, Hanan, when you, when you look at um, what we're trying to do in terms of orchestrating all of these network functions, why is an open source solution so critical in terms of driving broad adoption? Well, uh, I think, and and one of the things that we are bringing on the on with worldwide technology on the on the VCO solution is is we're using OpenStack. OpenStack have been now uh, the de facto uh, network f- uh, network function of virtualization infrastructure for um, for the s- most of the service providers, and this is being built out of the community and the, and and the open source communities in this case. Um, I think we have bring a lot of innovation. And through that platform, there has been a lot of things that have been done so far uh, following the the, um, the NFVI introduction and deployment. Uh, we can take from uh, hardware acceleration, software acceleration, Numan profile, everything that we have been done uh, in the last seven years uh, since since the very beginning uh, of the NFV, uh, and is today coming to fruition. And this is this is something that we see and we continue seeing as there is a, an o- a view for m- moving forward, of course. Uh, Reza just mentioned now h- uh, how adopting containers and containerized network functions. That's a reality. This is coming. It's, it's, uh, I will sometimes say it's almost here. And service providers are looking into having a common platform to deliver services. This is what they do. And they are relying on us to provide you know, those building blocks, basic building blocks, um, to have this common platform independently is the workload is going to be virtualized and it's going to be containerized. We're going to be living in a hybrid world for a moment uh, until everything is final, cloud native, or maybe something else that's going to come in the future. We don't know yet. Um, but all of this is coming as well from the community. It's happening in the community, in right. every diverse communities that we are part of, and we work on every single day. When you look at um, user interest in this, obviously we want to make this as accessible as possible. Um, what has the group of companies done to ensure that providers can evaluate in um, a configuration and, and take a look at what core capabilities each company has built into it? Yes, we, uh, together with uh, Worldwide Technology and all the partners, um, we have put together uh, a lab 
that is available for the customers actually so they can uh, go ahead schedule the lab they will have access to what we have built and in there they will have actually what i was mentioning before they will find a core network infrastructure and they're going to find a central uh, central office infrastructure and there is even radios and mobile phones all connected so they can have that experience scheduling the lab they're going to receive um, lab instruction to follow up and they are free to see exactly how we have built it and experience and test whatever they want to test in there that's fantastic. So final question, guys. Um, obviously, we'd love to sell some of these. So where can folks go for more information on the Red Hat website um, to learn more about the software stack that you've built for this and how you've engaged with the ecosystem partners, including Intel, on the next generation of our um, NFEI forwarding platform? I guess there is a there is a common space in in redhat.com uh, that that we actually post this type of solution. There is also worldwide technology. They have a link for for this solution that's being being posted. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So it's it's easy for Red Hat. So it's redhat.com/telco, and you're gonna find all information about this. Uh, the worldwide technology slash VCO as well, and you will have actually information for the lab and and how to to schedule and, 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 and enjoy that experience. I know that we've also got information on the Intel Network Builder site and the Intel Select Solutions site um, on intel.com. So thank you so much, guys, for being here today. It's always good to see the Red Hat team at SDN NFE World Congress, and what an exciting development to feature here at The Hague. Thanks so much for being. Thanks for having thank us. Thank you very much for having us. Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. We're coming to you live from SDN NFE World Congress in The Hague. And I've got two guests with us. Um, Paul Stevens, Marketing Director of Networking Communications Group at Advantech. Welcome back. And Obi Aganu, Practice Lead for Network Virtualization Systems at Worldwide Technology. Welcome to the program, gentlemen. Thanks for having us. Thanks, Allison. It's good to be here again. So, Paul, since you've been on the program before, why don't you go ahead and start us off with an introduction of your role at Advantech and the role that Advantech is playing in the networking arena? Sure. Um, well, Advantech, uh, we're designing uh, a manufacturing white box uh, network compute platforms based on Intel architecture, um, and we're helping accelerate service providers on their network transformation journey. Um, our gear is typically deployed all the way from the uh, edge of the network to access to core. Uh, and I'm focused really on building out our NFV ecosystem to really help facilitate that transition. And Obi, why don't you explain your role at WWT and how it relates to what's going on at SDN NFV World Congress? Absolutely. So um, Obi Agonu, I lead our network virtualization systems practice at Worldwide. And my practice is within our engineering organization. So essentially what we do is um, we incubate new technologies. We build validated solution designs um, that cover the entire solution stack, you know, out, you know right out from the uh, infrastructure all the way up to the manual layer. And uh, we do this by understanding what the key trends in the industry are 
um, aligning ourselves with, with key OBMs and partners like Intel and Advantech and uh, essentially build out these validated solutions and then take them to market. Um, I think it's, it's definitely, and, and one of the things obviously we're trying to, to, to showcase here at, at, at the event is our collaboration with Intel and Advantech in, 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 in demonstrating uh, the viability of a high throughput um, infrastructure um, provided by, by Advantech and uh, with a solution obviously onboarded by, uh, by NetElastic as well. Um, so at the end of the day, what we're trying to do is help our service provider customers um, accelerate their time to market um, once they uh, start implementing these high performance, high throughput uh, platforms, and at the same time, help them navigate that complexity as they go through their digital transformation journey. Now, this solution was announced by WWT today. Lots of announcements coming out from Intel and Avantech and others about the innovation that the companies have been working on together. Um, at Intel, we call this the Intel Select Solution for NFEI forwarding platform. Tell me about the difference of uh, capability that's delivered with this particular configuration as we look at the um, performance requirements um, that are um, sought by our our joint customers. Paul, do you want to talk about that? Yeah, I think a lot of the user plane functions are still based on, on proprietary hardware, you know, and and uh, and as such, they're lacking flexibility and scalability, um, and they're difficult to replace. And and we've been looking at uh, uh, this for quite some time now from an NFVI perspective. I think the VM, v, VBNG use case has been proven quite some time ago, but it's only today that we're beginning to reach those uh, those performance numbers uh, with the Intel Xeon uh, SP uh, and an optimized uh, an optimized architecture uh, based on a NUMA balanced PCI uh, architecture. Now, Obi, you've been talking to a lot of customers who are seeking this type of infrastructure. Why did WWT decide to invest here? So it, it's, it, I think it's pretty simple for us. Um, when it comes down to, again, you know, this digital transformation journey, there's so many challenges that many of our customers are facing, um, you know, among which how are they able to leverage these new technologies and features to deploy new services uh, to essentially make them more agile and flexible in, in, in delivering services. And what we hear in our conversations with customers is we need you know, some level of assistance with incubating, with, with testing, with validating these new features, these new applications and these new platforms um, before they go out into a live production environment. And that's where, you know, we provide a tremendous assistance to our customers because we help de-risk that um, implementation um, challenge, so to speak, you know, if we, if we can help them um, validate it and ensure that, you know, these solutions can work as it should in specific lab environments, uh, service providers are, are more able to innovate, are more able to be flexible and agile um, as they launch out these new services to their customers. When you look at um, the ability for, N, uh, excuse me, for industry leaders like Advantech, WWT, and Intel to work together, um, I think that that's one of the best things about open industry standard innovation. Why does that benefit, Paul? You talked about a number of solutions that are still proprietary. Why does that benefit end customers so much? And what have we been able to achieve here in that particular avenue? Yeah, I, I think really it's it's the ability for us to prepare uh, prepare uh, uh, solutions that reduce really the complexity of, of network virtualization planning, procurement, and really the deployment uh, of, of optimized uh, workloads like high throughput data plane processing. And it's bringing those solutions 
uh, to market earlier, demonstrating that the virtual BNG can make some of those performance thresholds that the industry is looking for. I think the testing we've done on the on the platform that we're demonstrating in the in the Intel booth is giving us uh, uh, 300 gigabits bits per second of throughput on a 400 gigabit capable platform, which is is really good without really. Uh, let's say tuning, and we've reached uh, 128,000 subscribers that can be connected at that virtual BNG. So I think you know that that's an achievement in itself. And the way that we're working together is really to to help uh, grease the skids, as it were, uh, on evaluation and deployment of, of such a solution. Elvi, what do you think is driving end customers towards deployment of virtualized solutions in this capacity, and what has limited them in in the um, Past. I think the inherent benefits with virtualization um, essentially drive them to this to this goal. Um, and when I say the inherent benefits, we're talking about um, service agility, um, a lower cost of total cost of ownership, um, and the ability to essentially um, be more nimble and flexible um, when trying to. Uh, increase their time to market or try time to revenue. Um, so to the second part of your question, I think one of the things that um, we do see is, is it takes an ecosystem to try to understand um, the challenges that our customers are facing, um, develop solutions that help address these challenges, and at the, same, at the end of the day, um, help them within their journey, you know, as they try to move from an idea to an outcome-based um, implementation. Now, Paul, this is not the first select solution um, that you've delivered with Advantech um, infrastructure. Uh, I know that you've worked with previous versions of NFEI as well as UCPE solutions. Um, what is the benefit of working on a optimized, verified configuration in terms of uh, delivering additional confidence to the end customer um, about the configuration itself? I think it's having that the 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 the, the uh, the capability of knowing that the platform has been pre-tested, pre-validated, and and from an operator perspective, you know that it can run on standard high-volume Intel uh, Xeon processor-based servers. I mean that that for me that's absolutely key. And you know, like Obias said, we we tested configurations of of leading software and system components, um, and it's giving to the operators the the knowledge that it's been designed to deliver uh, a consistent performance uh, for NFVI and, and, and real network workloads. Obviously, this is the beginning moment. Right. There's been a lot of work up to this point, but now we have solutions in the marketplace. Where do you take it from here in terms of your engagement with customers? And what's the evaluation of uh, solutions like in terms of um, engagement from a you know, a trial to an actual live implementation? So it's, it's a couple of things. I think fundamentally it's understanding what the underlying infrastructure should look like, obviously based on Intel Select Solutions, be it for um, the NFBI or be it for UCPEs, for example, um, understanding what the different services or applications that need to run on that, on those, on that essential platform should look like. Um, and then when we engage with, with our end customers, what we do is we understand what the specific use cases are. So for example, if it's going to be a SD-WAN type deployment or a VNF service chain type deployment on specific UCPE platforms, um, what we do is leverage our advanced technology center um, to essentially uh, incubate, validate, and ensure that when these solutions get rolled out 
um, in, in the field and specific service provider networks, um, they have that confidence that, you know what, we already tested it, we already validated, we know it will work, uh, so we, we can just focus on delivering new services on, on, on innovation and helping their own end customers scale as needed. Paul, when you look at um, where we've been and where we're going in the networking arena, um, and you look ahead at 2020, what are you excited about in terms of um, where operators are going and, and where you think they are on their network transformation journey? Uh, I think we're in really exciting times. I've seen this whole industry accelerate so much since the beginning of NFVI and really feel that we're, 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 we're at a tipping point. Um, we've done a lot of work in UCPE, and actually we have some wide-scale deployments with it, WWT in, in UCPE deals, um, and we're extending that to the edge. But what's exciting about it really is the velocity of, of, of all of these actions, bringing the ecosystem together at a, at, at a faster rate and be, being able to, uh, to put together solutions, uh, let's say, uh, w with greater momentum. Um, I think that... You know, we're still moving on the NFVI uh, core side of things, but some of these new breakthroughs are, are, are really gonna uh, gonna help to 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 accelerate it. Yeah. That's fantastic. And Obi, when you look at um, your customer base, I know that you've um, done something even uh, more compelling with this in terms of a test drive of this particular solution. Can you talk about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, so uh, fundamentally what we typically do, and it's, it's not just for this, this specific use case, for other use cases that pertain to our, um, our various service provider customers, um, they typically want to have that sort of um, ability or environment where they can, like you said, test drive new solutions. Um, so one of the things we obviously keep working on is, again, leveraging our partnership within the Intel Network Builders ecosystem, partnerships with Intel, partnerships with Advantech, and other um, ecosystem um, vendors um, to build solutions that help our service provider customers be more agile, to build solutions that help our service provider customers understand that, you know, in order to, to reach their end goal, uh, be it for in terms of network flexibility or be it in terms of um, releasing new services in a more flexible fashion, um, they have a trusted partner in worldwide technology. And, um, you know, working with us, essentially helps them reach that goal and leverage our, our, our advanced technology center capabilities or even our integrated um, center capabilities if they need to deploy at scale. Fantastic. Well, thank you guys so much for being on the program today. I have one final question for you. If folks want to find out about the Advantic solutions or what WWT is, is offering and how to take a test drive, where would you send them to engage with your teams? Paul, go first. I think there's a couple of places to go, really. One is our website, which is www.advantech.com slash NC, as in network compute. Um, but if you want to follow what's going on today, our Twitter feed, just follow at AdvantechNCG, um, and you'll find our press announcements, solution briefs, and everything concerning this demonstration at the Intel booth today. Fantastic. And for Worldwide Eye, you can simply visit our website, www.wwt.com. Now, I'll repeat that. <laughs> it's www.wwt.com, and that contains all information required um, in order to reach us or even access our Advanced Technology Center capabilities. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for being on the program today, guys. Thanks for Congratulations on this new solution. I can't wait to hear how... Um, operators start deploying this. Sure, absolutely. Thank you so awesome. much for having Great. us. Great. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Thanks, Alison.
Welcome to Chip Chat Network Insights. My name is Allison Klein. We're coming to you live from SDN NFE World Congress in The Hague. And it's another year at, at The Hague with Chip Chat and Renu Navale. Uh, welcome to the program, Renu. Thank you, Allison. Thanks for having me over. It's always a pleasure to be on Chip Chat. So, Renu, since the last time you were on, I think you might have a different title. It's uh, Senior Director of Edge Services in Industry Enabling for Network Logic and Customs Group at Intel. Tell me about that edge services and industry enabling. What's the focus? Sure. <laughs> so uh, when I was on the sh- uh, chip chat last year at The Hague, um, I used to run the uh, the market development organization, uh, which included industry enabling, uh, which was the ecosystem, open source, and industry marketing. Uh, and it, in addition to that, um, I also focused on some of our tier one customers and service providers. But with the um, advent of Edge uh, and with uh, a lot of the industry moving towards Edge, we decided to have a more, um, you know, deeper focus mm-hmm. on what we need to do from, you know, an Edge platforms perspective, Edge software, and our go-to-market approach, um, which is what I'm looking at with my team, um, which is how do we enable the industry to accelerate their innovation and their deployment of edge services on Intel-based platforms. What can we do to make it easier for our customers and our ecosystem to innovate faster um, around edge and deploy edge services faster? Now, that was a lot to unpack. And I think that the term that you said more than anything else is edge. So from your perspective, how do you define edge and how does that relate to the journey that we've been on in terms of network transformation? Sure. So when you look at the um, the broad industry definition of edge, um, it's everything from um, you know from the start of the core of the network all the way to all types of endpoints, including sensors and other devices. Um, but when we um, unpack that even further, um, where we see the edge being most material is where we can place workloads at different edge locations um, that have the most optimal return uh, for the end user or the end customer, which is typically the on-premise edge um, as well as the network edge. Um, The on-premise edge um, includes various types of edge servers that you can deploy on at enterprises and other on-premise locations like industrial factories, retail stores, um, healthcare, smart cities, and others. And on the network edge, it's everything from the base station and radio access nodes all the way up to the next generation central office. It also includes what we call multi-access edge computing um, servers, which is basically, um, you know, server technology that we can use uh, to, you know, move, store, and process uh, various types of workloads all the way from, you know, from the, the data center towards the edge. You just described a v- wide array of use cases and um, intent for technology. Where do you see movement today in terms of edge deployments uh, versus that large market opportunity? Um, where we're seeing the fastest um, growth or deployment 
of edge use cases is actually right now on at the on-premise, um, in particular in verticals like the industrial, um, industrial and manufacturing um, use cases, um, the retail um, industry, um, as well as we're seeing a lot of traction in things like healthcare and smart cities. Uh, the reason being, um, you know, most of these industries are seeing very immediate and direct impact to their businesses. They're seeing value to their businesses due to a result of, you know, closer placement of these workloads uh, to the, you know, to the point where the data is generated or the data is serviced. Um, so they want low latency, they want data sovereignty or security and privacy, um, they want better utilization of bandwidth, and they want more optimized TCO, and most importantly, they want more optimized quality of experience or quality of service, which in, in turn impacts their business directly, and they're able to see some very tangible benefits uh, from edge computing. When you look at these use cases, there seems to be a tight affinity to the communication service provider um, arena in terms of the delivery of these edge services. Tell me why there's such a affinity there. That's a great question. So the the, the way I, I like to analyze that is, um, you know, edge and 5G are very closely interrelated. Um, you know, f a few years ago, you know, we hadn't heard of either of these terms but they both have kind of risen up in the industry almost simultaneously. And I think 5G is accelerating edge computing. And at the same time, I like to see edge computing as being one of the first instantiation of 5G use cases. Um, a lot of the enterprises um, you know, where we're seeing the fastest traction for edge, <clears throat> they, uh, you know, they do not want to deal with the complexity of the network. Uh, they don't want to have to deal with different types of access technologies, 5G standalone, 5G non-standalone. Um, all of this is complexity that they would rather leave with the communication service providers and say, hey, you take care of the network, give me an easy button, um, deal with all that complexity. All I want to do is make sure that these workloads get deployed on these edge nodes or edge servers that can in turn drive business value you know, to them. So that's all they're interested in, which is why you're seeing this type of collaboration between you know, various enterprises in different verticals and the communication service providers. Now, Intel announced an, a new reference architecture called Sierra at this mm -hmm. show. And this is specifically for some of the use cases that you're describing. Describe Sierra and, and how we've worked with the ecosystem to start uh, development of solutions towards this space. Sure. So originally, um, you know, Sierra uh, in its first um, conceptualization was what we called a network in a box. Using that, an enterprise could get like an easy button for the network and be able to kind of deploy either a private wireless or a wireless network that can be either managed by a service provider or, you know, managed by the enterprise themselves. Then when we saw most of these edge use cases were a convergence of analytics, media, or video uh, workloads as well as networking workloads, we decided to expand this definition of the network in a box to say, hey, this is a converged edge um, reference architecture. So the convergence stood for the convergence of analytics, media, and networking workloads. 
Uh, as I look forward, even that is a little bit short-sighted because I believe the convergence will go even further and you know, aspirationally, we want to converge with industrial workloads, retail workloads, healthcare, or any other type of vertical workloads. So that's kind of the next evolution of where we see Sarah going. I can see point of sale, uh, virtual signage, absolutely, um, healthcare records, that kind of thing, all going into edge, a Sarah. Edge Insight software, for which is used for our industrial verticals, um, integrating onto a Sarah platform. Now, we had a couple of uh, partners announce um, their movement towards delivery of solutions on Sarah at the show, um, Foxconn and QNAP. When we look underneath the hood, what are we using in terms of Intel technology f for their, uh, that box? So both the uh, Foxconn and QNAP are based on um, Intel Xeon processors. Um, in addition to the Intel Xeon processors, um, they are looking at some additional um, adjacent uh, accelerators as well, like FPGAs, um, uh, the Intel Movidius uh, vector processing units, uh, and potentially other um, um, uh, you know, adjacencies um, in the future. Um, in addition to the hardware capabilities, um, they also are integrating um, our OpenVINO toolkit, which is our um, uh, you know, visual inferencing and neural optimization toolkit for analytics, um, the OpenNAS, which is the Open Network Edge Services software. Um, and in some cases, um, they're also looking at using the FlexRAN software, which is, uh, which is useful for a virtualized radio access node um, that allows um, Sarah to be used in a uh, private as a private wireless um, for a private wireless deployment on premise. So you're not just tapping our silicon portfolio; you're also tapping a lot of software, regardless of um, whether it's an open source um, uh, software that we're, we've driven into the software community, or something like OpenVINO, which is a tool to help make it easier to optimize for. Um, AI applications. Absolutely. And I think um, one of the uh, most uh, critical benefits of this reference architecture is it's, it's removing the, um, the barriers to, um, um, you know, integrating all these different pieces of software together on our processors. Uh, it's making it easier for our customers and our ecosystem to, to be able to do this integration in a very deterministic manner. Mm -hmm. So we're giving them the blueprint to say, hey, this is how you do it. Here are the challenges we've encountered. Here's how you overcome them. We want to increase their time to market, or rather, reduce their time to market, um, mm -hmm. and make it <laughs> make it faster for them to go and um, deploy solutions or go into trials. This is a fascinating space and one that I'm going to want to talk to you more about in the future. But we've got more going on at this show. Um, this has always been a fantastic show that highlights our network builders ecosystem and the breadth of innovation that they're driving. You guys are announcing a bunch of Winner's Circle Award recipients at the show. And almost most importantly, um, the delivery of even more um, solutions for NFEI and a new select solution for NFEI forwarding platform. My first question for you here is, what is the difference between our Intel Select solution for NFEI and NFEI for forwarding platform? 
So um, first of all, you know, the Intel Select Solutions, we've been working with that program for a couple of years now, um, and our ecosystem loves it. They love the fact that we come up with these configurations for NFVI, for CDN, um, as well as for uh, UCPE. Um, we, we, these configurations um, remove some of the, um, you know, some of the um, uh, complexity or confusion around how all these ingredients come together. They're verified, um, you know, and, and, and in, in a sense, um, they're kind of shrink-wrapped so that our ecosystem can then, uh, you know, um, enable their customers to go to market faster as well. Um, while the uh, NFEI solution itself was uh, has you know has a lot of partners um, you know already enabled on it, and I think at this show we have Celestica and Lenovo uh, showing their NFEI uh, uh, Intel Select solutions. Um, we we discovered that for some of the fixed mobile convergence type of use cases like virtual BNG, um, uh, as well as for some of the uh, the five G based cups implementation where you're seeing the control plane and the user plane being separated, there needed to be further optimization. Um, the the um, architects actually looked at um, how these various use cases, you know, what are the different nuances in customizations uh, for these specific use cases, and they said, hey, we can further optimize the NFVI Intel Select uh, and make it more specific around um, the 3GPP CUPS implementation, uh, so that makes it, you know, more suitable for 5G. Um, as well as for, uh, you know, for even for the fixed, um, uh, you know, wireline type of uh, use cases such as virtual BNG. And they added further um, uh, optimizations to that um, NFVI configuration. And that's what we call the Intel Select NFVI forwarding plane, um, you know, configuration. Now, you've utilized um, our Xeon scalable second generation processors, but specifically what we like to call the N SKUs for this or network SKUs. Tell me about what the key capability is in these particular processors that you're tapping for these select solutions. Yeah, absolutely. So I think uh, over the years, uh, working with our um, service providers, um, we have derived a, a lot of learnings by listening to them. Um, and we took a lot of those learnings um, into optimizing the second generation Xeon scalable processor. And we called it the, uh, you know, the, the, the NSKU or the kind of the, the SKU that's optimized for networking. Um, it has an optimal balance of cores, frequencies, and thermals um, that makes, um, you know, a lot of the networking workloads be better optimized, you know, from the data-centric core infrastructure of the network all the way to the um, uh, to the edge of the network. Um, so we are seeing uh, a lot of the our customers adapt or adopt the NSQs uh, specifically for their um, uh, networking workloads. Now, we've talked a tremendous amount about infrastructure, but ultimately, the reason why we're del delivering all of this technology is that so communication service providers can innovate and drive differentiated services to their customer base. When you look at what you've been hearing at SDN and NFE World Congress, where are we on that journey with our service providers? And what is opening up the next wave of innovation, whether it be the second generation of NFEI deployments, the move to 5G, or this broad proliferation of the edge? 
I think it's the perfect storm of all of those. So we've been on the NFVI journey for several years now, and now you're starting to hear about second generation of NFVI deployments that we need to embark on. Um, NFVI itself is not done. It's not a destination. It's still a journey that we need to continue with our service providers and our ecosystem. But at the same time, we have, uh, you know, our journeys, including additional um, participants or additional complexity um, in the form of edge um, computing as well as 5G. And I have to say, it's not just additional complexity, but it's additional opportunities, you know, new use cases, new forms of services, new revenue generating opportunities for the entire ecosystem or the supply chain. Um, so I think I think things got, you know, more interesting. Um, and uh, there, it's going to be a very exciting space for our ecosystem, our service providers, our customers to be able to combine NFVI, the learnings from NFVI, combine them and use them for edge transformation, and then use th what we learn from edge transformation in order to get ready for Renew, thanks so much for spending time with us today. I know it's a busy week for you at SDN NFE World Congress. For anybody who's listening online, come check out Renew's keynote tomorrow at the show. She'll be talking about what we've discussed here and more. Um, or, Renew, where can folks find out more information about what you and your team are doing in the networking arena? Sure. Um, you can always visit our website, the networkbuilders.intel.com. Um, you can also see both myself as as well as a number of our team members on Twitter. Uh, we're tweeting about the show and all the various uh, exciting things that's uh, happening at the show. And we also have a winner circle announcement um, this evening where we're going to announce um, winners of um, uh, you know winners from the ecosystem who um, who uh, collaborated with Intel and optimized their solution on different technologies. So they, they can join our um, announcement and celebration as well. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for being on the program today. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.